Volume Two, Chapter Two of the Vicar of Rexhill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Vicar of Rexhill by Francis Milton Trollope. Volume Two, Chapter Two. Charles's amusement at his sister's appearance. He discusses her case with Rosalind. Rosalind and Fanny entered the drawing room together, and young Mowbray, at the sound of their approach, sprang forward to meet them. But the moment he threw his eyes on his sister he burst forth into a fit of uncontrollable laughter and though he kissed her again and again still between every embrace he broke out anew with every demonstration of vehement mirth i am very glad to see you charles said fanny with a little sanctified air that certainly was very amusing but i should like it better if you did not laugh at me but my dear dear dearest child how can i help it replied her brother again bursting into renewed laughter oh fanny if you could but see yourself just as you look at this moment oh you hideous little quiz i would not have believed it possible that any plastering or shearing in the world could have made you look so very ugly is it not wonderful miss torrington it certainly alters the expression of her countenance in a very remarkable manner replied rosalind the expression of a countenance may be changed by an alteration from within as well as from without said fanny taking courage and not without some little feeling of that complacency which the persuasion of superior sanctity is generally observed to bestow upon its possessors why you most ugly little beauty cried charles again giving way to merriment you don't mean to tell me that the impayable absurdity of that poor little face is owing to anything but your having just washed your hair it is owing to conviction charles replied fanny with great solemnity owing to conviction to conviction of what my poor little girl to conviction that it is right brother right child to make that object of yourself what in the world can you mean fanny i mean brother that i have an inward conviction of the sin and folly of dressing our mortal clay to attract the eye and the admiration of the worldly by worldly do you mean of all the world said rosalind no miss torrington by worldly i mean those whose thoughts and wishes are fixed on the things of the earth and it is the admiration of such only that you wish to avoid rejoined rosalind certainly it is spiritual-minded persons see all things in the spirit do all things in the spirit of such there is nothing to fear young mowbray meanwhile stood looking at his sister and listening to her words with the most earnest attention at length he said more seriously than he had yet spoken to tell you the truth little puritan i do not like you at all in your new masquerading suit though it must be confessed that you play your part well i don't want to begin lecturing you fanny the moment i come home but i do hope you will soon get tired of this foolery and let me see my poor father's daughter look and behave as a christian young woman ought to do rosalind will you take a walk with me i want to have a look at my old pony miss torrington nodded her assent and they both left the room together leaving fanny more triumphant than mortified he said that my persecutions would begin as soon as my election was made sure oh why is he not here to sustain and comfort me but i will not fall away in the hour of trial the poor girl turned her eyes from the window whence she saw her brother and rosalind walking gaily and happily as she thought in search of the old pony and hastened to take refuge in her dressing-room now rendered almost sacred in her eyes by the pastoral visit she had that morning received there the following hour or two gave fanny her first taste of martyrdom she was or at least had been devotedly attached to her brother and the knowing him to be so near yet so distant from her was terrible yet was she not altogether without consolation she opened the volume that volume that he had so lately interpreted to her fearful profanation and in such a manner as best to suit his own views and by means of using the process he had taught her though unconsciously perhaps she contrived to find a multitude of texts all proving that she and the vicar were quite right and all the countless myriads who thought differently quite wrong 
then followed a thanksgiving which might have been fairly expressed in such words as i thank thee i am not like other men and then as the sweet summer air waved the acacias to and fro before her windows and her young spirit panting for lawns and groves sunshine and shade suggested the idea of her brother and rosalind enjoying it all without her her poetical vein came to her relief and she sat down to compose a hymn in which after rehearsing prettily enough all the delights of summer rambles through verdant fields for four stanzas she completed the composition by a fifth of which sin begin and within formed the rhymes this having recourse to song divine was a happy thought for her inasmuch as it not only occupied time which must otherwise have hung with overwhelming weight upon her hands but the employment soon conjured up as she proceeded the image of mr cartwright and the pious smile with which he would receive it from her hands and the soft approval spoken more by the eyes than the lips and the holy caress such according to his authority as that with which angel meets angel in the courts of heaven all this was very pleasant and consoling to her feelings and when the hymn was finished she determined to go downstairs in order to sing it to some hitherto profane air which she might select from among the songs of her sinful youth as she passed the mirror she again glanced at her disfigured little head but at that moment she was so strong in conviction that far from wishing to accommodate her new birth of coiffure to worldly eyes she employed a minute or two in sedulously smoothing and controlling her rebellious tresses and even held her head in stiff equilibrium to prevent their escape from behind her ears good and holy man she exclaimed aloud as she gave a parting glance at the result of all these little pious coquetries how well i know what his kind words would be if he could see me now such she added with a gentle sigh will i strive to be though all the world should join together to persecute me for it while mr cartwright's prettiest convert was thus employed miss torrington and charles mowbray far from being engaged in chasing a pony or even in looking at the summer luxury of bloom which breathed around them as they pursued their way through the pleasure-grounds were very gravely discussing the symptoms of her case it is a joke rosalind and nothing more said the young man drawing her arm within his i really can do nothing but laugh at such folly and i beg and entreat that you will do the same then you think of course mr mowbray that i have been supremely absurd in sending you the summons i did far very far otherwise he replied gravely it has shown me a new feature in your character miss torrington and one which not to admire would be a sin worse even than poor mr cartwright would consider your wearing those pretty ringlets rosalind poor mr cartwright repeated rosalind drawing away her arm how little do we think alike mr mowbray concerning that man the chief difference between us on the subject i suspect arises from your thinking of him a great deal rosalind and my thinking of him very little i should certainly if i set about reasoning on the matter feel considerable contempt for a middle-aged clergyman of the church of england who manifested his care of the souls committed to his charge by making their little bodies comb their hair straight for the pleasure of saying that it was done upon conviction but surely there is more room for mirth than sorrow in this indeed indeed you are mistaken and that not only as regards to the individual interests of your sister fanny though heaven knows i think that no light matter but as a subject that must be interesting to every christian soul that lives do not make a jest of what involves by far the most important question that can be brought before poor mortals it is unworthy of you mr mowbray if you take the subject in its general character replied charles i am sure we shall not differ i deplore as sincerely as you can do miss torrington the grievously schismatic inroad into our national church which these self-chosen apostles have made but as one objection against them though perhaps not the heaviest is the contempt which their absurd puritanical ordinances have often brought upon serious things i cannot but think that ridicule is a fair weapon to lash them withal 
it may be so replied rosalind and in truth it is often impossible to avoid using it but yet it does not follow that the deeds and doctrines of these soi-disant saints give more room for mirth than sorrow well rosalind give me your arm again and i will speak more seriously the very preposterous and ludicrous manner which fanny or her spiritual adviser has chosen for showing forth her own particular regeneration has perhaps led me to treat it more slightly than i should have done had the indications of this temporary perversion of judgment been of a more serious character that is doubtless one reason for the mirth i have shown another is that i conceive it would be more easy to draw poor little fanny back again into the bosom of mother church by laughing at her rather than by making her believe herself a martyr your laughter is a species of martyrdom which she will be taught to glory in enduring but at present i feel that all our discussions on this topic must be in vain i rejoice that you are here though it is plain that you do not think her situation requires your presence and i will ask no further submission of your judgment to mine than requesting that you will not leave mowbray till your mother returns be assured i will not and be assured also that however much it is possible we may differ as to the actual atrocity of this new vicar or the danger fanny runs in listening to him i shall never cease to be grateful dearest miss torrington for the interest you have shown for her and indeed for us all acquit me of silly interference replied rosalind colouring and i will acquit you of all obligation but i don't wish to be acquitted of it said charles rather tenderly and you do not know how much pleasure i have in thinking that you already feel interested about us all this was giving exactly the turn to what she had done which poor rosalind most deprecated the idea that young mowbray might imagine she had sent for him from a general feeling of interest for the family had very nearly prevented her writing at all and nothing but a sense of duty had conquered the repugnance she had felt at doing it it had not been a little vexing to perceive that he thought lightly of what she considered as so important and now that in addition to this he appeared to conceive it necessary to return thanks for the interest she had manifested rosalind turned away her head and not without difficulty restrained the tears which were gathering in her eyes from falling she was not in general slow in finding words to express what she wished to say but at this moment though extremely desirous of answering suitably as she would have herself described the power she wanted not a syllable would suggest itself which she had courage or inclination to speak so hastening her steps toward the house she murmured you are very kind it is almost time to dress i believe and left him charles felt that there was something wrong between them and decided at once very generously that it must be his fault there is nothing more difficult to trace with a skilful hand than the process by which a young man and maiden often creep into love without either of them being at all aware at what moment they were first seized with the symptoms when the parties fall in love the thing is easy enough to describe it is a shot a thunderbolt a whirlwind or a storm nothing can be more broadly evident than their hopes and their ecstasies their agonies and their fears but when affection grows unconsciously and like a seed of mignonette thrown at random unexpectedly shows itself the sweetest and most valued of the heart's treasures overpowering by its delicious breath all other fragrance the case is different something very like this creeping process was now going on in the heart of young mowbray rosalind's beauty had appeared to him veiled by a very dark cloud on her first arrival from ireland she was weary heart-sick frightened and moreover dressed in very unbecoming mourning but as tears gave place to smiles fears to hopes and exhausted spirits to light-hearted cheerfulness he found out that she was very pretty indeed and then and then and then he could not tell how it happened himself so neither can i but certain it is that her letter gave him almost as much pleasure as alarm and if after being convinced that there was no danger of mr cartwright's becoming his brother-in-law he showed a somewhat unbecoming degree of levity in his manner of treating fanny's case it must be attributed to the gay happiness he felt at being so unexpectedly called home as for the heart of rosalind 
if anything was going on therein at all out of the common way she certainly was not aware of it she felt vexed anxious out of spirits as she sought her solitary dressing-room but it would have been no easy task to persuade her that love had anything to do with it End of chapter two